This is America on Par, a powerful bunch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. As I'm sure you've heard of by now, a Trump rally in Chicago was shut down on Friday night because protesters from MoveOn.org and Black Lives Matter intentionally infiltrated the rally with the plan of stopping the rally from happening. They were successful. They organized an assault on the Trump rally on the campus of the University of Chicago. It started online through Twitter and social media. The mostly black activists planned to stage large groups of their protesters in various locations around the arena. They they, they wanted to, to be clumps that were spread out to cause maximum chaos. And again, the plan was successful. Now, predictably, this led to violence. When you infiltrate someone else's rally with an intent of stopping that rally from happening, people are going to get angry. When you take an action that denies the ability of someone else to speak or hear, things aren't going to go well. So hitting and fighting between the protesters and the people who had come to hear Trump speak broke out across the arena and then spilled out into the city at large. And what wasn't widely reported in the media was that some of the protesters, some of the MoveOn.org people and the Black Lives Matter people, broke out windows of cars that had pro-Trump bumper stickers. So if you had a bumper sticker on your car that said, Make America Great Again, they were going to break your window and did. And again, more fighting on the streets had to be separated by police. That wasn't widely reported. Instead, what was reported was that at previous rallies in other states, Trump had reacted to smaller disruptions by protesters at his rallies, saying things like, quote, in the good old days, guys like that would have been taken out on a stretcher or, quote, I'd like to punch that guy in the face. That's what Trump said. The media and and Trump's Republicans opponents blamed Trump's words said on other days in different states for the violence that happened on Friday in Chicago. All right? Look, I understand that Cruz and Rubio are running for president against Mr. Trump and that this might not be a convenient time to stand up for Donald, but it's never a bad time to stand up for the freedom of speech, and that's the real crux of the problem here. I'm going to play a clip here for you. This is from Saturday, day after Friday. This is President Bill Clinton speaking at a pro-Hillary rally. He's talking about gun rights and gun control when he gets interrupted by a protester. Now, wait, wait. I want you to hear this, young man. You, I listen to you. Are you too afraid to listen? You see, the one thing I hate about bullies is that they're all chicken in the end. They're all chicken. Now, in this moment, the former president is both right and wrong. He's right to say, I listen to you. Now you listen to me. Are you too afraid to listen to me? That is a liberal thought. Are you too afraid to listen to me? He's right on that. Hillary's campaign had paid for that venue at that time. They had the right to free speech and the right to peaceably assemble. 
Clinton didn't have to listen to the protester, but he did briefly. It wasn't long. And now it was time for everyone in the room to hear Clinton's response. That's the right and the civil thing to do. Now, he was wrong to say that the man was a bully and that he wouldn't listen. The truth is the man who had interrupted the the so-called bully was being physically escorted out of the room by Clinton's security detail. The reason he didn't stop and listen was because he couldn't. He was being pushed out of the room by security. You can clearly see it on the video, and Clinton could clearly see it as it was happening. It's not like this was in an arena with a Trump or a Bernie Sanders-sized audience. This was, this was a pretty small gathering. I've played bigger rooms than this one. The reason why Clinton heard the interruption so clearly in the first place was the guy was only standing about five feet away from him when it happened. So the name-calling was absolutely unfair. You don't get to shove somebody out of the room and say, hey, you're not stopping and listening. Well, he can't. But the broader point that Clinton had the right to speak at his own event, the right to be heard, is correct. So why aren't liberals willing to insist that Trump have the same rights as Clinton? It's because the label liberal is inaccurate. Liberals do not believe in liberal ideas anymore. Here's the definition of the word liberal. Not opposed to new ideas or ways of behaving. But liberals with a capital L are opposed to any idea they don't currently hold. If your idea is different than a modern liberal's idea, they don't want you to be able to say it. The Trump rally is just one example. There are new ones every day. How about the race protests at the University of Missouri last fall where the students needed safe spaces from the open press? They didn't want student-run media to cover the student-run protest out in the open because they needed safe spaces where they wouldn't be told that their protest was based on rumor and lies. Instead, a professor of journalism was caught on camera trying to physically assault a videographer, saying, quote, we need some muscle over here. Later that same week, the safe spaces thing got worse as black students in the protest decided they needed a safe space even from the non-black students who supported them. They actually reverted to segregation within their protest to demand racial equality. How does that make any sense? In what way is that liberal or open to new ideas? The Obama administration this week revealed they actually considered trying to prosecute people who didn't believe in man-made global warming. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. The Justice Department spent time and your money trying to figure out how they could prosecute and imprison people who held a different idea than they did. That, by the way, is the end game here. That's where Democrats' intolerance for anything but their worldview ends up. You don't win the argument. You eliminate the opposition. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this podcast, odds are you are the opposition. Your government has admitted they tried to imprison people like you because of what they think, not because of what they did, but because of their ideas. Your government failed to figure out how to do it, but the point is that they tried. 
Where's the outrage from the media on this? The government of the United States of America spent time and effort trying to punish the enemies of liberal groupthink, otherwise known as law-abiding citizens. And the media is silent. This is the very realization of what Orwell warned about in his book, 1984. It is the thought police headed up by Attorney General Loretta Lynch. So why is the media silent? Because most people who work in the national media actually think that in some instances, words are worse than actions. How do I know this? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty damning charge against an entire profession. What's my evidence? Benghazi. Remember that on the night of September 11th, 2012, not only was there an attack in Benghazi, Libya, but there was also an assault on our embassy in Cairo, Egypt. While the Benghazi battle was raging, while Ambassador Stevens was being murdered, the State Department, led at that time by Hillary Clinton, put out a statement saying they condemned not the violent assault on what was technically U.S. soil, but on a video no one saw produced by an American no one had ever heard of. Instead of standing up for American values of the right to free expression, they excused barbaric behavior. They blamed the actions of individuals in two separate countries in North Africa on a video made in California. Even if the video had been the cause of the Benghazi attack, which it wasn't, the appropriate response of the government of the United States of America would have been to denounce the violence and say, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Those are the ideas of Voltaire, a French philosopher from the 1700s whose words influenced the founding of this country. He believed in the freedom of expression, the freedom of religion, and the separation of church and state. He was truly liberal. But liberals today turn their back on him. Instead of freedom of expression, they want safe spaces. Instead of saying, I disapprove of what you say, but will defend to the death your right to say it, today's oxymoronic liberals say, I disapprove of what you say and will do everything in my power to destroy you for saying it. I will infiltrate your events to prevent you from saying it. I will fight you in the streets of America with rocks and bricks and guns. I will burn down businesses that had no bearing on what you said as a protest against what you said. I will throw you in prison for having scientific ideas that some scientists disagree with. That is the heart of the modern liberal. And the reason we don't hear more about how this goes against what it means to actually be liberal is that many people who work in the national media think it's okay. That words cause violence instead of individuals being responsible for their own violent behavior. Instead of asking what kind of a person is violent as a means of political expression, the national media has asked what kind of political expression causes others to become violent. It's backwards. This is not what democracy looks like. This is what mob rule looks like.
and the candidates running against Trump and the national media that cover it all had better learn their history. Because if the mob is able to silence Trump, who do you think they will silence next? The media and the other candidates need to brush up on true liberal thinking from the likes of Voltaire and say to Donald Trump, I disapprove of what you say and how you say it, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Look, if Voltaire isn't your cup of tea, if it's too high-minded for you, then how about following the ideas of some other liberal philosopher? I don't know who originally said this, but I'm sure you've heard this liberal idea before. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You don't need a safe space from words. You don't need a safe space from ideas. The right to free speech means that words need a safe space from violence, even if you disagree with what's being said. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, America on Par. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of